let's I, I guess we've been recording. I don't know if this will make it in, if this will stay in, but yeah, it's uh, oh, it's it's day eighty six of Nightcaps in Isolation. Welcome to the show, guys and girls. If you're still out there listening, if we <laughs> haven't fallen off the radio dial just yet, <clears throat> uh, anyway. Oh yeah, this is Nightcaps at the Theater. We're gonna we're gonna watch a movie and discuss it and give our takes and maybe they'll be good. Maybe we'll provide some insight, maybe not, but you're gonna stick around whether you like it or not. My name <laughs> is Matt. I don't eat turnips, motherfucker. I sell them. Cabrera. And who do I have with me at this uh virtual imaginary table? I'm the artist formerly known as Quarantinta Turner. Um I'm Jonathan Kwiatkowski. <laughs> Nice. Uh, I'm DoorDash's number one customer, Mark Zero Jr. <laughs> oh, you were about to be their number one uh, public enemy. Oh, boy. Like, I mean, it all had to come from that one order that got denied. And I was like, okay, I'm putting this back in because I'm half drunk right now and I want food. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Me no, need food. where are my chicken nuggets? Oh, wait, I didn't order any. Uh... <laughs> uh, and that's probably a blessing in disguise. I think so. Uh, you, you listed off everything you did have, and ooh boy. Yeah, that's not that's going public. enough to feed a village. That's enough to feed about 30 elderly people who do not have access to food. Yeah, That's enough to feed me during one nightcap screening. It's enough to so. feed one big bubble bass. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> uh, and uh, let's see, what are we doing here? We're, we're about to watch a movie. I hope if we are get we? the extension mm-hmm. working. Uh-oh. <laughs> But uh, before that comes the uh, ritualistic guests, where where you guys have to yeah. figure out what the hell I'm talking about. Oh no! So I left you guys with a hint last time. I don't even remember your hint. <laughs> <laughs> really? Well, no, you wrote it in the uh, in the title of this recording. Do you think? Maybe, did I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if you did it on purpose. Oh, isolation. That's it. No, I didn't yeah, do it on purpose. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> sorry about that. Head. I Never tried mind. to make. I tried to make my movie kind of relevant. So um, the hint I provided was, I don't know why I sang this last time, and I don't know why I'm going to sing it again this time, but it's happening. So, Oh, boy. Isolation. Self-isolation. Uh, yeah, so that's the hint. <laughs> it's oh, God. Uh, if you guys don't get it after this, I what, what are you <laughs> no, what are we doing here? I don't know. the podcast, then. <laughs> I'm turning it off. Yeah. I need a little bit more to go on than this. <laughs> All right, no hints yet. No. Let's yeah. see. Let me let me pull up my hints list, which I should have done <laughs> earlier. All right. Uh, hint number. All right. Hint number two. Maybe I should have made this hint number three, but hint number two is Craig Gillespie. Maybe Gillespie. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Huh. I didn't do I didn't do my research. Are you guys familiar with this name? I've heard that no. last name before. I haven't. Okay. He's a director. And uh, most recently, I'm pretty sure, yeah, his most recent film to release was, you might not have heard of this one, I, Tanya. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. And just, he, yeah, yeah. He's, he's actually coming out with a Cruella next year, supposedly, if that's not delayed. Ew, with with La La Land co-star Emma Stone. With Boulder City herself. Academy Award winner Emma Stone. Oh, yeah. She could play those Hawaiians. 
All right. Uh, well, that's that is the director of this movie. Uh, hit number three is that it is a a two thousand seven feature. Hmm. I I know some other films he's directed, and okay. I, I don't want to spoil the guests though. Is there anything you could say that might give a? Because I think Mark might. I don't know if this is the movie we picked, but I think Mark might be a fan of this movie. Maybe. Hmm. I, I mean, I'm know. a fan of any movie. <laughs> yeah that's that's true if we've come yeah. to learn anything yeah this is true <laughs> uh, battlefield earth uh. and uh <laughs> let's see all right now i'll give one more hint that i had planned one maybe final nail in the coffin brian gosling oh i know what it is oh yeah yep yeah. i'm surprised have any, um, have any- I do. Yeah, I'm struggling. Yeah. Um, would you say that this movie is about um, relationships? I would, in fact, say that. All right. <laughs> Mark, has anything come to you? Ah, oh, man. Uh, a couple, but nothing. I think that holds any water. I don't think they're the actual movie. I well, think feel we free to a, feel free to shout them yeah. out. I think yeah, John. I think we had a conversation. That. Yeah, I think me and Mark had a conversation about this movie too a couple times, very briefly, but we did talk about it. Oh, interesting. If I think or, I know what I think I know, I think you know what you think you know. All right, should we? Uh, you just want to take a guess, take a stab at it, is John? Is it? Is it Lars and the Real Girl? We are watching. Mm. On today's episode of Nightcaps at the Theater, Lars and the Real Girl from 2007. Hmm. Look at me, two for two. Go, Jonathan. Yeah, I, yeah, I never very nice. Really? Yeah, never, very good. What did we talk? Oh, we talked about her, mm-hmm. which is a similar vein to this. Oh, yeah. you know what? That is a similar movie. Maybe I should have picked yeah. that instead. Yeah. You know what? Let's <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. is, uh, no. Let's switch. It's fine. This is good because I don't. I don't think this movie really got its due. It kind of. It, it was popular. When it came out, and then it, you know, has kind of flown under the radar completely. I think. Yeah, yeah I but, watched this um, a while back. Yeah, it's you know, yeah, I think her probably took quite a few cues from this movie. I don't know. I'd have to yeah. watch them back to back, but it is pretty similar. So, mm-hmm. let's see. Uh, are you familiar with the premise of this movie, Mark? Oh, oh yeah, John, have you seen it before? I've seen it um, when it first came out. Yes. Okay. I- yeah, that was the last time I'd seen it too. I've seen enough clips, you know, from trailers or just from like, you know, like, I don't know, TV spots to like, really like, yeah, it's like, I figured out what's what's going to happen here. And I think someone had spoiled like partially the end of the movie for me, but that that's about it. Okay. I mean, there's, yeah, yeah it, I feel like there's not much to spoil here. Well, and uh, it's, it's mostly about the journey rather than the destined final destination. Yeah. And, uh. Let's see. I I don't really have many notes about it that come before the movie. I just have a... Let's see. Since you're familiar in the premise, um, it was uh, featured in a a special feature for the Blu-ray or DVD release of the movie that the inspiration for the screenwriter's script, uh, written by Nancy Oliver, was an actual website, realdoll.com, which she found while researching, quotes, weird websites for an article. Uh, the script was written in 2002, and 
you know, as we watch the movie, it almost kind of it feels very 2002-ish to me, at least. Um, mm. There's a there's like an office environment with cubicles and like some of the interactions. It just feels very like late 90s, early 2000s. But um, uh, yeah, I don't really have much else other than that. I've got a handful of notes that will come after the movie, but uh, I guess we'll discuss that after we hopefully get this up and running because this is not a movie that's not on netflix so netflix party so we're going against our own <laughs> damn theme again well, as always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, netflix netflix's library has been stutter, stuttering lately Ooh, that's not I the word know. it's been tapering I down i don't know it's been uh, keeping me satisfied for our next amuse bouche mm, okay mm. well I've, i don't know I've there's too driving. many too many services now you got you got amazon you got tubi <laughs> But how, am free. To, how am I supposed to restrict it to Amazon? I mean, to Netflix. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to figure out this extension. It's called 2-7. And um, I guess we'll report back for our listeners and let you know if it worked. And maybe we got a new sponsor. But, uh, <laughs> so if any... this episode is mysteriously 11 minutes or so, <laughs> we have not been successful. Uh, any Any thoughts, any expectations going into the movie? I just, um, if anything, I remember her more than this movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that means it's a more effective movie overall or that it stuck with me a bit more or that just because I was like, oh, another Scarlet Jojo role, I guess. (laughs) 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 But um, yeah, I remember her sticking with me a little bit more, but perhaps on a rewatch, I'll rethink that. Nice. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I haven't seen this movie yet. Um, Partially excited. You know, I, um, I, I, I wanted to see Ryan Gosling in a role like this. That's like more like kind of, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Closed off from people. Uh, Introverted. He's always. Yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. You might be right about that. Drive kind of has the same vibe. So. Place behind the very true. Yep. Even, uh, even first man. (laughs) God damn! Even La La Land, he's the outsider. Well, it, yeah. I think it's like a whole different kind of vibe about him. Like it, it seems more of like a sort of mental disorder that he has in this film. Oh, right. And I think this might or kind of be where, yeah, this might be kind of where his like Ryan ness started. <laughs> oh boy! Because uh, yeah, I don't. I think his like last hit before this movie was uh, the Notebook, which is <laughs> pretty different. Supposedly, I'll I don't to know. You I've every day. Don't you mean Young Hercules? Uh, <laughs> um, he was also in ha- <laughs> no the Mickey Mouse Club, or is that <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, it's pretty much. Yep. But um, yeah, now so we'll watch this and I, <laughs> well, no, I, I have a fun fact, but I'll share it after the movie. Mm. So uh, let's let's deep dive in. Let's uh, let's bring some plastic some some silicone to life i, I don't know i was We're trying to think of starring tyra banks <laughs> <laughs> oh yes maybe life size too oh i wish uh. (sighs) 
Snow. <laughs> Best line in the movie. Oh man, that I, I, I do have some criticisms of this movie, and I feel like that line kind of summarizes all of them. But uh, no, for the most part, uh, it's enjoyable. It's uh, somewhat of a delight. Uh, you know what? I, I actually like this better the the second time around. I think this was better than her, in my opinion. Nice. Wow, those are strong words. I don't know. I haven't seen her in a while, but I do also find this better than how I had it in my memory, uh, what, 13 years ago? Mm. But, um, yeah, shoot. What, what do we usually do? We mentioned what we watched. We just watched <laughs> Lars and the Real Girl, which you probably knew. And, and what we were drinking. Yes. Uh, I was drinking uh, Gus's drink of choice. That is a character in this movie, played by uh, Paul Schneider of Parks and Rec Infamy. Uh, his drink of choice was a nice glass of water yeah that's what i he had only drank water he's a sketchy <laughs> sketchy dude or it could be vodka you never know maybe yeah, that's maybe that's his <laughs> it could be his quirk everybody in this movie kind of has a quirk to them hmm. uh, how about you guys um i'm drinking yellowtail rose my third bottle out of five so quarantine is not about to be so fun for me <laughs> uh i think i just finished my coffee right before we started the movie i mean there, there was some 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 prep to it so uh, i think i just kind of polished it off oh nice yeah keeping it a uh, straight edge yeah <laughs> no drink. No drink. i'm a bitter i'm a better person just like Lars. Uh, let's see all right so i guess we should uh just get into the movie oh wait right, no I, I have some notes i have some notes oh, before we get into oh, plot thank god I completely forgot. All right. Um, let's see. One thing I wanted to highlight is this headline from Reuters back from when the movie was released back in uh, 07. Lars and the real girl. Not as weird as it seems. And uh, that article, that same article also introduces Ryan Gosling as Ryan Gosling, star of the drama thriller film Fracture, which <laughs> is not, I don't think anyone's ever thought of ryan gossing that way in the past at least decade decade and a half maybe i, I mean i don't even me, know fracture I, I loved him in this movie he had like so much cushion for the pushing like this was <laughs> my fucking ryan gosling if i'm yeah. being honest with you i was i, uh, I agree doing some things. yeah I, I really like it when da- uh, <laughs> i was about to say daddy gosling when gosling has that dad bod daddy uh father figure <laughs> Yeah, he had some turkey neck going on. Oh yeah, and no, I don't know. I, if anything, it made the role a little bit more believable since, like, he's so pretty. Oh, <laughs> yeah. he is pretty. And um, pretty I don't, ugly. I don't... <laughs> yuck, 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 yuck. No, he's a and good. I don't guy. think that was a. <laughs> yeah, he was really uh, hurt by what you said about him. <laughs> I'm uh... sorry, Ryan. <laughs> and that wasn't kind of established by the director or uh, the creative crew before the shoot apparently that was a choice on Gosling's part he turned up 20 to 30 pounds overweight with a mustache <laughs> a week and a half before filming started I mean same but sure why not <laughs> uh, this, this one article said the mustache for him was a real touchstone and of course the studio called and they're like is there any way you can talk him out of it uh, and the director was like, no, it's a real part of his character, and I'm not going to ask him to not have a mustache. And they were good. They didn't push it. But it was yeah. a question that came up. And, it does uh, add to the character. Yeah, I, I think so, too. 
Although it does make you think of him as a serial killer for quite a long time. Oh, we'll get to that. that in my notes. That's added for hundred percent of the film. I mean, that's yeah. more added more to his mannerisms and the way he he's around people. So yeah. Let's see. Uh, Roger Ebert, he, he kind of sums up my thoughts on this movie pretty well, I guess, as he is wont to do. He said, uh, the film wisely never goes even for one moment that could be interpreted as smutty or mocking. There are so many ways it could have gone wrong that one of the film's fascinations is how adroitly it sidesteps them. Its weapon is absolute sincerity. It has a kind of purity to it. All right. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah, I think so, too. Uh, so this movie, it's set in Wisconsin, but was shot in Canada. Ryan's native land. True. <laughs> uh, $12 million budget. Oh, wait, we're bringing out the uh, the Nightcap's balance sheet here. $12 million budget and $11.3 million box office makes this a commercial disappointment. Damn. What? That's sad. Yep. But uh, it, was, it was critically... Um, I don't know about <laughs> No, no, it was it was well received critically, and um, yeah, no, it didn't even it didn't break even at the box office despite being in theaters for five whole months after it started out in limited release. Wow, that surprises me. I I kind of like this. Same. Yeah, I remember seeing the uh, ads for it though, and uh, it didn't have that so much of an a, appealing saying we got to go out and watch this kind of movie. And yeah. it like it literally, it just had him like sitting down and like well, for most of the scenes with him and, and um, our uh, uh, Bianca, and so <laughs> it, I don't think it was like that Bianca. enticing. I, it, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure people for that time were like, "This looks dumb," and like, "Let's not go watch this." No, no one really kept it's definitely it open a hard eye. movie. It's a hard movie to market because yeah. you know, with a with a premise like this, you expect it to be really goofy, maybe slapstick, but. Yeah, it was more muted than that. It's got Hard a definitely uh, uh, punch drunk love kind of vibe about it. It does, and Ooh, to nice. this point, I said that uh, Mark and Matt, you know, you guys both choose like the awkward <laughs> romance movies. I don't know if I ever. Oh, and Mark was Mark was saying you are into them. Yeah, I guess we all do. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I, did I pick a romantic movie? I forgot. I don't remember. Battlefield Earth. <laughs> That's pretty romantic. <laughs> Master yeah. of Disguise. It's, it's more of like a romance of the movie than a romance in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. All right. This movie uh, also earned an Oscar nomination for Best Original Screenplay. And Gosling's performance in the movie earned him a Golden Globe nomination. Wow. <laughs> in a 10-year in, in retrospective, Entertainment Weekly called it gosling's most offbeat performance yet um and he's done you know pretty offbeat stuff in the 10 years since this came out yeah so yeah. that's a testament to that uh, in the same article director craig gillespie I, I might be butchering his last name i'm just gonna keep on saying it like that um he mentioned how casting was the most stressful part he he knew he wanted he needed emily mortimer from the jump and of paul schneider's character he said a lot of actors came in and were very empathetic as the brother brother, and wanted to try and work it out. Paul came in and his take was that he was angry about it and frustrated that he had to deal with it his whole life. Again, it felt very real and very relatable, but it was also funny with Paul. So uh, I do appreciate Paul Schneider bringing that to the table. This definitely feels like it's in his wheelhouse. 
I don't know if I could see him acting uh, other than the way he does here. So it was kind yeah, of the I same in seen, Parks and Rec. I haven't seen him in anything prior uh, or post uh, Parks and Rec. I think there's one other movie that's like sort of like a uh, comedic uh, Christmas movie that's with um, what's her name? Bad oh, Moms. No, it, this this was like Emily cut, Skinner. It, no, it was with, it was with Diane Lane and um, oh man, um, Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's got a big cast in that, and uh, he he's just kind of there in the background. Hmm. Okay. Which which for the most part, I could see why people haven't really taken to him. I think he's a fine actor, but uh, he's he's a little bit of a plain Jane. Yeah, I definitely oh, think so. I- I love some Ryan Gosling. I think that he's good. No, no, we're no, talking Paul no. Schneider. Yeah. Oh, well, whatever his fucking name is. Never mind. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> All right. I had a whole bottle of rose. Leave me alone. Okay, fair enough. No uh, one told so you to good. drink that. Uh, but, but no one told you to order fucking. <laughs> that shit last what? Night, but here we are. What? I'm doing okay. We're getting into it. Uh, all right, so Craig Gillespie, the director, he also admitted that the concept initially turned him off. As a first-time director, he wasn't able to convince the studios that it was worth the risk until he shot Mr. Woodcock, if you remember that movie. I do remember Mr. Woodcock. Yep, that was, that, that's that not, was, uh, it's not a good movie. Uh, Owen Wilson and uh, Billy Bob Thornton, right? Ugh. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Uh, it's, oh, it's, no, it's... Uh, uh, it's Billy Bob Thornton, but it's um, Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon I don't know. Dynamite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm well. I'm seeing Sean William Scott. Wait, hold. I on. don't know. Are you Napoleon sure? Dynamite. What the hell is Napoleon Dynamite's name? <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> He's also a bench warmer. Oh, John Heater. I knew yeah. that actually. He's someone I don't think he's working anymore either. Yeah, he's he's done. He's gone. <laughs> no, he's I, done. I liked him for the most part. I don't I never had a problem with him. I think Napoleon Dynamite was his his rise and downfall. I don't know. I liked I liked him in Benchwarmers and uh Surf's Up. Is that okay. those, are both, those are both awful movies. <laughs> what? Wait. Wait, he's re- yeah. I said it. Surfs he, up he, and he, fucking Napoleon Dynamite. He is awful. still working. I think Surfs Up is a is a good animated movie. Wait, even though it had Shia LaBeouf in it, I don't there, think that's got a stellar voice cast. I think it's great. Uh, Wait, I, have so a, 20, I, I have a special love for that movie. In twenty seventeen, in twenty seventeen, John Heater reprised his role as Chicken Joe in Surfs Up Two. Wave oh, there's a second Surfs Up. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, uh, well, the first one is Peak Perfection. And his most recent role is Tremors, Island Fury. Oh, that's garbage. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, listen, I love the Tremors franchise, so... Oh, I feel bad. I feel yeah. bad for John Heater. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, Mr. Woodcock, that was this director's first time film uh, because he couldn't get Lars and the Real Girl off the table, off the ground. Hmm. Um and so those two movies actually came out the same year and Craig, apparently there was like some kerfuffle on Mr. Woodcock and Craig Gillespie ended up getting kicked off of it at some point. But um, anyway, it was enough for him to prove to the studios that 
they should take a chance on him with Lars and the real girl. Uh, the producer for this movie called up the director one day and said, uh, hey, I have this script I want to send you, which the director was flattered by. And then he went on to say, it's about a guy that falls in love with a sex doll. Craig says he almost wanted to say no right there on the phone, but because it was this producer that he respected, uh, yeah, he respected his work so much, he said, send it over. He wasn't even in a hurry to read it. It sat there for three weeks. And then when I was, uh, or when he was walking by his living room, his wife was reading it and said, have you read this script? And she's like, and he's like the one with the sex doll. And she's like, yeah, it's really good. He said, really? So, uh, so he read it and, and then a movie was made, uh, talking about some deleted scenes. Uh, there was this one scene apparently at a hockey game where there were some teenage kids taunting him with Bianca sitting there. Uh, we wrote it or they wrote it and auditioned people for it. And then they thought. You know, it just doesn't feel like it's part of this film. And they ended up not shooting it. That was one moment where they decided to take the high road and keep it earnest, which is really what's okay. unusual about the film. Usually there's this dark moment where somebody challenge challenges the protagonist, but not so. We're not, you know, not quite that same way here. And um, he says, honestly, he was the one who was the strongest advocate for the the deleted hockey scene, but it just left a bad taste in your mouth without really helping the journey. And there's one other scene that was taken out, which is Lars getting in the bathtub with Bianca. Uh, a scene, <laughs> I believe that's been shot and you could find on YouTube. That's a, a scene that was right after the bowling uh, episode. He doesn't think it hurt the film not having the bathtub scene in there, but he actually always liked it. It was just a very complex moment for the character where he was very confused sexually about what was going on because he had had that very flirtatious moment at the at the bowling alley. And uh, let's see. So this doll, apparently uh, Craig had a hard time casting Bianca, the real doll. <laughs> he went through like a bunch of distributors, went through so many like different kinds of models and there were a bunch to choose from he said like the permutations of this were endless skin colors heights uh physiques faces but um eventually when he was like kind of almost done searching for her, like he just was about ready to give up he passed by a bookstore and saw the cover of a book named still lovers still lovers by elena dorfman and this is actually, uh, well, the book features basically Bianca, a, a, a doll in her image on the front of the book as its cover and with like a, a man also there. And this book is apparently kind of like a, a factual deep dive into the lives of men that have sex doll companions. Uh, but it was, it didn't, I don't think it served as inspiration for the movie. Uh, it came out in 2005, and the script was uh, finished in 2002. So, uh, yeah, so Craig went Craig went back to the factory that he had visited earlier and said, this is the one I want. He says, he claims there was just this really accessible quality to the doll in the face. It just felt much softer. And the factory worker said, yeah, we discontinued that one because her eyes are at half mast and we kept getting complaints that she was either bored or drunk. Huh. So he actually, they didn't have any left. They had to pull out the cast, the mold of this uh, doll and redid it. 
uh, when asked if Bianca is still like available, <laughs> not for any nefarious purposes, just, you know, around, uh, the director answered, unfortunately, that silicone, it just keeps decaying. They don't last that long. I still have the head, but the body starts to fall apart. Yeah. And uh, I have a couple other notes, but I'll probably uh, just bring that up as we go along. Actually, well, one last thing. Uh, there is a part of the credits in this film. I don't know if you noticed, probably not. But uh, film credits include Rosalie McIntosh as Bianca Wrangler and Carly Bowen as assistant Bianca Wrangler. It's a nice, it's a nice job to have. That's she was terror on set. <laughs> that's one of, my, one of my favorite credits up there with Best Boy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that's that's about it for me. Uh, why don't we just get into the plot? All right, so we get into this plot and we meet Lars Lindstrom in Wisconsin, and his neighbor, who turns out to be his brother and his wife. Uh, we meet Gus and Karen. I yeah, Karen. Uh, K A R I N. Yeah, it's spelled differently, but Karen's like, you know, you have to come over for dinner, and uh, even though it's the middle of the night, Lars is like, I have to go to church. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And initially, at this point, I was getting very "you're a creep" kind of vibes from this. I was getting very Ed Gein. He's going to make a skin suit out of me. I don't like him. I don't remember any of this, but I I enjoyed watching this movie and I enjoyed this yeah. uh, uh, journey that he goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good portrayal uh, by him. He does a good job with it. Yeah, I put down sweater weather because he always has different sweaters for every weather that's going along here. And yeah, you asked if this was Fargo. Definitely has yeah, that kind of vibe. Him. It does have a Fargo vibe. And I asked if Gus was worried about Lars in any way, shape, or form, but it turns out that he isn't because they're brothers together and that's the way he's always acted. Mm-hmm. I put down, is he a serial killer? Are you gay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the yeah, old woman at the church asks him, he's like, you're a good-looking guy. Like, do you have your girlfriend? Are you, yeah, are, are you gay? <laughs> but I don't, I don't have it down right here. And then he, he, she says something like, um, oh, I have a nephew who's gay. I know all about the gays. Yeah. <laughs> I also put down that uh, he throws a carnation away at the, at the mention of, like, dating someone. Oh, yeah. Which is kind of awkward, but also... I think it's... I... No, the the church-going woman hands him the carnations, and then uh, she gets in her car and, like, is about to leave. And then Margot, uh, who is a co-worker of Lars, who has a thing for him and is also in, like, the church choir gets his attention and he turns around and immediately throws the flowers away yeah. like as if it were a football and he's trying to make a trying to complete a Hail Mary yeah yeah um, he also learns from his co-worker at work which I didn't catch the name but he's like buying or looking at anatomically correct dolls yeah that's a uh, Kurt Kurt I only know that thanks to Amazon x-ray <laughs> And then I have down a new girl, Margot, Margot, uh, enters the scene and she suggests that they carpool together. Yeah, because they both come from the lake area. Yeah. Whatever that means. I don't fucking Mistake know by the Malake. Yeah. <laughs> so Karen but, uh, it's, it, it's, not a, it's not an unreasonable request. And uh, 
and Ryan Gosling, uh, what's his name? Lars. Yeah, he's in the title. <laughs> Lars just uh, co- completely ignores her. He doesn't react at all to her question. Yeah. Um, Karen jumps in front of his car and suggests that he comes to dinner, even though this is an extremely awkward scene. And <laughs> Lars is just like, no, I'm not going until he's pinned to the ground. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Yeah. He's Wait, tackled what? by this pregnant, this very pregnant Emily Mortimer. Oh, yeah. The baby's going to wake up with a headache. Ooh. Uh, no, something that stuck out for me here that um, later on in the film, that when it comes to his touching, because uh, yeah. she jumps on him and you know, it goes for a full grab and he's not like screaming or anything like that. But when we get to it later, when uh, when we put that to the test, that uh, he freaks out with just like slight, you know, contact. So I kind yeah. of, uh, I don't know. It's I don't know if that was, uh, I, it could be because he's wearing layers, but I don't know. He does say that because uh, when when they're trying to like diagnose the whole pain thing, he says, uh, no, that's why I wear a lot of layers or like, it doesn't hurt because uh, uh, this weather lets me, yeah. lets me wear like all this. And he points gotcha. to the three layers he has on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I guess his pain can't go through <laughs> clothing. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Karen suggests that he comes to dinner and Lars spends uh, too much time by himself and that they need to, like, you know, accelerate the process going on here. Um, Lars also mentions that dad didn't want anyone and that the mom died and Lars was born after, you know, this whole incident. So their dad never really loved them in that sense. And Karen suggests that, or I forget if it's Karen or it's Gus. Gus suggests that they move in with them. And the house is half yours. Yeah, Gus mentions yeah. that. Yeah, and then he asks for mom's blanket. So you know, it's it's sad. I I feel bad for Lars. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if the yeah. brother um uh, kind of like begrudgingly says any of this, like as if like he doesn't want to. I know, think so. I think he's because... doing it mostly because of Karen. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, it, you know, it comes up later again where it's like, you know, he's he's actually very sympathetic for his brother. But like right here, it's like he doesn't want to. It just feels like a almost a burden, even though yeah. like he, he, he still extends the hand a couple times. He doesn't just say it once after he says like, 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 oh, no, no, thank you. Where it's like, you know, it's it's there. So if you want it, mm. but uh, but it's almost he can't like make eye, ca- eye contact with him, too, which is kind yeah. of uh, sad. Yeah. So uh, I have down six weeks later, UPS shows up and there's a huge box for Lars. And I put down, what's in the box? (laughs) What's in the box? It's Uh, Robin Williams. Uh, Karen is pregnant. um, And we get this awkward girlfriend thing that's happening throughout the whole movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a real life doll. (laughs) (laughs) Don't judge her. The way he introduces it too is like, um, you know, he finally gets up the courage to visit Gus and Karen at their home, a few steps away from where he lives, and he's like, um, "Yeah, no, I, basically, I, I forgot the words he used, but he basically wants them to meet his girlfriend." And they're like, "Oh wow, like that's great, that's great news. Um, how'd you meet her?" He was raped by nuns. Like, <laughs> Everything is so new to her. Yeah. And he, yeah, he's like, um, well, we met on the internet, and 
you know, they're still sympathetic at this point. They're like, uh, oh, yeah, lot, lots of people are meeting that way now. That makes sense. The reaction then, shot is probably one of my favorites. When uh, <laughs> right before, right before like her big reveal, and it's just yeah. like them like mouth drawn open and <laughs> no music's playing, and then it just cuts to him and she's in the wheelchair. Uh, oh yeah, funny. yeah. They they really um, just don't know how to react to this news. Mm-hmm. No, nope. I have down that Bianca is Brazilian slash Danish. Yeah, you know. I also put down who wants salad. I'm saying Brazilian on the bottom, Danish on the top. Yeah, I'm getting that feeling too. <laughs> and, you know, uh, they're trying to eat at the same time. Lars and uh, <laughs> Bianca are trying to eat, but Lars is taking all of Bianca's food and yeah. he's eating for two. At the same time, he admits to the family that, you know, someone stole Bianca's luggage, so she's going to have to borrow Karen's clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Karen at this point is uh, like somewhat amused by this, but also um, not really into like she doesn't know how to react. She doesn't know if she should enable it or um, try to put an end to it. But she plays along with it much more than Gus does. I thought yeah. she was more kind, at least. Yeah. Yeah. But she is um, confused about how to handle it. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, uh, so she ducks. The... Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to just say where it's like, yeah, like um, his brother just doesn't want any of this. You know, he's just like he just goes to, right to the assumption. Yep, my brother's crazy. We need to we need to put him into a hospital, and just like I, I mm-hmm. you know, just can't deal with it. Yeah. Um, at the same time, Karen is all like, you know, I left out new towels on the bed. Give a holler if you need anything. <laughs> and I, I felt like she was much more sympathetic than Gus's character at the same point. Like, you know, if this was happening in my real life, maybe I would be a little bit more sympathetic. But I did advise everyone to check the fridge. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, Lars kind of, he, he does put the burden a bit on... Gus and Karen to take care of Bianca in the evenings and like put her to bed and things like that because uh, Lars doesn't want them to go to bed under the same roof because he claims that yeah Bianca was raised by nuns and is very religious and doesn't want to you know make make things weird or awkward for her. Yeah. Uh, we then get Gus searching up this different real doll thing with like Natasha she escaped from Russia <laughs> Midori had a big finance job in Japan <laughs> Tammy is all about the rodeo will you be able to please <laughs> these women <laughs> yeah will you ride Philly has <laughs> never I don't even know <laughs> yeah and um, he does suggest taking Lars to this doctor, Dr. Dagmar, who is uh, um, both a psychiatrist and a family pediatrician. Yeah, it's a very and, small town. Yeah, Dr. Dagmar is played by Patricia Clarkson! Woo! Yeah. I love yeah. her. Yeah. She, she, does, she does good here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, while they're taking this awkward drive, I put down that Karen mentions that she works for the school department, and uh, I put down checking her blood pressure so they're checking 
Bianca's blood pressure <laughs> and uh, to bring her in. So Patricia Clarkson's character is all like, you know, we need to go along with this at the same time. We need to see what's actually at the bottom of the situation. Yeah. And I, I appreciate how like adamant she is about it. Like when Gus and Karen are expressing their their doubts or their concerns and they're like, no, nah, I'm not going to be able to like play along with this. Like, no, we can't do it. She's like, nah, you're going to have to. Like pretty much deal with it. He's like, oh, she's uh, she's not real. And it's like, yeah, of course she is. She's right. She's in the next room. Yeah, she's and, real to Lars, and that's all that matters. And Gus is like, uh, everybody in town is gonna laugh at them. And Patricia Clarkson is like, and you guys too. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. But they all uh, go along with it, even though Gus wants to put Lars in the hospital and Karen doesn't. Uh, we say that Bianca likes kids <laughs> and uh, Bianca has nurses training and I put down plastic thing why God made her. So at the same time, I think it's Gus comes forward and he says like, you know, Lars, she isn't real. She's just a plastic thing. But yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Lars comes forward and is like, no, that's why God made her to help people. He like he almost ignores what Gus is saying. Mm-hmm. Gus is like, she's not real. She's just plastic. And Ryan plays this really sincerely. I love, I love it. Uh, Lars is just like, hey, did you guys hear that? Oh, Bianca just said, that's why she was put on this earth. That's why God made her to help people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my next note is this is all going red balloon real fast, and I did not feel how. You know, I think these kids are going to kill the red balloon. Um, and then I put down that Ryan Gosling runs out like a schoolgirl. yes he does he's late to work (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I do give it uh, kudos that Karen treats Bianca as a real person and they all bathe her and clothe her and drive her everywhere yeah and as Mm -hmm. you were saying this is uh this is kind of where she starts to become a real pillar of the community. Oh my God. She yeah. does. So uh, Lars and her invited to a party and uh, he asked Margot to bring his girlfriend and the whole town knows at the same time uh, we get that church lady, Mrs. Griffins, who's like, what's the big deal with this? Like let uh, Mrs. Lars Bruner. Hmm. Did you hear that? Mrs. Gruner. That's oh, her name. Mrs. Gruner. I yeah. down Mrs. Griffins. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. Yeah, and uh, my next note is, yes, Miss Bianca, work, because she is a pillar of the community, and without her, the community <laughs> would fall. She's reading to children. She's going to dance. Yeah, she's um, she's helping the bald children at the hospital. She's uh, getting I her do- hair did. I do like this one line where he gets uh, some fake flowers, he goes, oh, look, Bianca, they're fake. That means they'll last forever. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I really like that line. It's the way he like he says it to her. Yeah. It's good. It's a, almost ironic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I like that the at this party, like, all the townspeople are kind of... Half of them are against Bianca, but half of them are for Bianca. Like, no, we can't ruin Lars in this way. Yeah. A lot of the guys are not into Bianca. Some of them are, 
a lot of She's them a are. She's sexy doll. Why would you ever feel against Bianca? We do get yeah. like a, a flexible uh, question. Yeah. Oh, is, yeah. A, is a Bianca flexible? And How Ryan Gosling just does a great job ignoring yeah, all these people. While Kurt, his uh, his <laughs> his weeb of a of a work pal, goes, "Oh, <laughs> she is." Yeah. Uh, and then uh, some talking heads plays. Yeah. And uh, I put down I, that Bianca is casually manspreading at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I have a note about that that uh, that song at the party. This is just for the the music nerds out there. Let's see. At the party, when the host puts on a vinyl record, she drops the needle on the first track on the side. But the song that comes out of the speakers is This Must Be The Place, Naive Melody, which is the last song on the Talking Heads album, Speaking In Tongues. As the last track, it would appear closest to the center of the album rather than at the outside edge where the needle is placed. In fact, it has never appeared as a leadoff track on any vinyl album. Additionally, the version of the Talking Heads song, This Must Be the Place Naive Melody, played at the party, was never released on vinyl. The version played in the film is a live version, recorded for the Stop Making Sense album, but only appears on a special edition CD released many years later. So, yeah. (laughs) There we go. Take that, production people. And uh, actually, the, the scene right before they enter the party when they're kind of like outside uh just ryan's like kind of talking to bianca uh making her more confident in this party setting that was uh apparently all improvised on ryan's part um and that was actually the first take that they had done together um let's see ryan actually is quoted as saying uh, i feel like i should be talking to her if it was my girlfriend i'd be trying to make her more comfortable like walking up to the front door she'd be nervous so the director said go ahead try it and ryan came up with that whole thing about remembering people's names um after that the director was like talk to her as much as you want uh so um, i yeah none of their interactions actually none of the like soul interactions between bianca and uh and Lars are scripted. It's all improvised, which, uh, let's see, you know, which the director just thought took it to a whole other level. And, um, and yeah, he says it worked beautifully. Uh, for instance, it would be like the middle of the scene when he's with his brother and he'd stop and talk to Bianca and it would just add so much to the scene. So, uh, props to Ryan Gosling for that. Totally. So Lars then suggests to Gus and Karen that he take Bianca on a trip to like their childhood hangout, this old treehouse that they frequented as children. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, you could definitely it. see, you could definitely see, like at this point, uh, Lars is kind of starting to open up more. He's much less of a, of a hermit than he had been. He's more open to like experiencing life through the lens of Bianca. Yeah. Um, which he does so, um, but he does talk to Dr. Dagmar and she's reloading a stapler, which, yeah. you know, during these doctor meetings, I was like, this is a little impromptu, but I, I guess Lars doesn't notice at the same time. <laughs> she's like, come talk with me. 
Uh, yeah. And we get the false perception versus false belief argument yeah. going on. That's uh, that's Gus talking to his coworkers. Yeah. So uh, up to this point, we we do see like his, Gus's coworkers kind of talking about the sex doll and everything, um, presuming that Gus had told them about it. And they're like, you know, kind of joking around, uh, mocking it a little bit. And then in the next scene that we see them where they're, they're like actually asking seriously about it. They're like actually interested and inquisitive and they, they want to know what the difference is between a, a delusion and a hallucination. And, uh, Gus explains it. Uh, so okay. it's pretty sincere now at this point. Um, and during their therapy sessions, I put down that uh, Lars was worried about Karen. She's always trying to hug people. And he <laughs> yeah. doesn't like hugs. No, and then he gets his pain test. Oh, he does get his pain <laughs> test where he's like injected with needles over and over again. And at this point, I put like, you know, I like needles. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's That's just funny. touched. He, he just feels uh, some human human hands but to him it feels yeah to him it feels like a a bunch of needles Mm. which uh, some of you enjoy some of us all of us (laughs) one of us one of us who could it be (laughs) um so then bianca is at the party uh cindy's husband baxter cindy is like the secretary that's kind of nice to lars at the same time um you know, yeah. I, I like how this community is just like, you know, this is Bianca. We need to accept her as a, a pillar of the communica- community. <laughs> yeah. No, they, they rise to the occasion. Yeah. And Margot has of, on his um, stupid donkey vest. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Mm-hmm. And she kind of helps. A lot of them, um, I think they come to accept Bianca because of that that like small church group meeting that they have kind of early on in the movie where, where Mrs. Gruner exposes everybody else's quirks. Like you put dresses on cats. You, I I don't remember the other ones, but that's basically like, you know, how is this any different? Your son is a furry. What are we going to (laughs) do? Yeah. Which, uh, you know, all are welcome at nightcaps. Yeah. Except for murderers. Mm -hmm. Um, I put down that Margo is wearing her stupid donkey vest, kind of helps, and then Margo is helping, and yes, no, married? Like, he asked, well, didn't Lars ask that he marry Bianca, and she said no? Yeah. Gus uh, reveals to Dagmar that Gus had asked Bianca to marry him, and and Dagmar is like, oh, that's wonderful. When's the big day? And uh, wait, am I saying Gus or Lars? Okay, Lars. Lars, Lars yeah, not Gus. yeah. Lars says, um, actually, she said no. Uh, and we get the offensive party comment, like, "Is she flexible?" Um, that brought up the soundtrack is wonderful, and then we get slow dancing with no one. That Lars is just holding hands in the air while someone pivots. Bianca's wheelchair going off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there uh, I think once the talking heads come on, um this is probably one of the most heartbreaking scenes. It's like him dancing and yeah. 
uh, right? It, it was when the tuck heads. Uh, but uh, he, he looks like he's in so much pain as he's as he's uh, like just dancing by himself. Yeah, and, uh, and it really made me feel for him. Yeah. Um. So then we see Lars reading to Bianca. We suggest that she's pregnant, and I said that she might have a Cabbage Patch doll in the future. <laughs> um, the baby is on the way. And he sees Karen in the other room have, trying, like, you know, getting along in her pregnancy. Yeah. And he learns that Dr. Dagmar isn't able to have children. And Bianca's like that, too. So it's almost like he's uh, not... He's... I forget the word for it. He's almost like... Oh, I forget the word for it. Like, <laughs> showing his views on other people. Projecting? Projecting. There hmm. we go. Hey. And uh, Bianca's like that as well. And he's worried about her dying in childbirth. Yeah. 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 Because, uh, well, we find out later that that's how Lars's mother passed. Yeah. Uh, we then get the kind mannequin worker that takes Bianca on like a dress tour throughout the city. We see that she's uh, prominent in church. The hairdresser is doing like a different hairstyle on Bianca. And I put down mm-hmm. Bianca in support of the society. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They love her. They embrace her with open arms. Yeah. I think they would make her mayor if they could. If they could. <laughs> if they if they honestly channeled Bianca to be that. I mean, she I is think... well-spoken. Isn't Wisconsin the place that made uh, a dog the mayor or something? Well, there, like, there is a town that lets you like be like mayor for a day. I think you have to actually pay a fee, and I think that's that might be what you're talking about. Oh, it was Minnesota. It was a uh, uh, in August 2014, a seven year old dog <laughs> won the election and became the new mayor of Cormorant, Minnesota. And in July 2018, a cat named Sweetheart was elected mayor of Omana, Michigan. Sweet tart. Wow. <laughs> what a world. Still better than uh, Donald Trump. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to which I asked the question, like, what kind of chip man are you? Because Lars, he gets some Cracker Jacks, and I know how I feel about that. <laughs> That's true. I've never I don't been know if I trust the Cracker Jacks. Jack, man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Bianca is supposed to play Scrabble with Lars, and then they have this whole row in between them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lars is like, yeah. um, you know, I shouldn't have to check my schedule, or I shouldn't have to check my girlfriend's schedule for her to make time with me. And, um, you know, people are the the one woman in the community, the church going woman, uh, uh, like Mrs. Mrs. Gruner. Yeah, Mrs. Gruner. And, uh, and Karen start to uh ream him out afterwards <laughs> so i don't like, like oh, you see that bianca is her own woman <laughs> i don't like the way you're yelling or you're talking to her <laughs> yeah. they're taking her side and they're they're giving uh lars what's coming to him yeah mrs gruber suggests the line you're acting like a big baby to which ryan gosling goes i'm not a big baby <laughs> i'm not a baby you the baby i'm no baby I'm going to go chop wood instead. Yeah. And that's when uh, that's when Karen comes over to talk to him. 
yeah. and they have their fight. Yeah. Uh, Bianca is a big, big girl. girl. <laughs> Can't she yell? We do everything for her. We drive her everywhere. We wash her. Like, let her do what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fair argument. Yeah. It's true. They're saying that everybody is is keeping up appearances uh, with Bianca because they care about Lars. And she Lars is a saying, big uh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we girl. carry her. And she is not petite. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this whole time, Emily Mortimer's voice is like breaking because I don't think she could go above like 20 decibels. I didn't know if that was her real voice or like her play voice because it was very, it was very weird. Yeah, no, I've seen her enough stuff to be like, yeah, that's a that's a real voice, like her real. Yeah, voice. Just, just the other Emily real. From, uh, a bit scratchy, but yeah, from Sucker Punch. Yeah, from <laughs> Sucker Punch. Uh, but I do, I do love her voice. It's so soothing. Ugh, I can't mm-hmm. get enough. That's my ASMR. Hat. Um, I put down next is like, you let your brother put your wife to bed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. but, but you know, Ryan or uh, Lars, he's like, no, I'm going to start taking responsibility for that one. I'm going to start putting her to bed, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, I put down next at work, Margo is dating someone new, and this very much upsets Lars. Yeah. yeah oh, that's when he's um, getting the Cracker Jack. Oh, that's true. And he asked Bianca to marry him, but she said no. And then we see a scene of him yelling at Bianca in the car alone on the road. Well, right before that, he he does this kind of an like emote where he puts his his fist in the air, where it's like, "Darn, I don't, I don't know." It was it was a little cute, cutesy, but uh, the, the follow up scene for him like uh, yelling at her, it's a so it's, it's a weird contrast. And uh, there's this one point in the office when, um, uh, to go back to that when, what's her name? Margot. Yeah. <laughs> My April, when we watched this before, April called her a frog, froggy. <laughs> thought she looked really froggy. Oh, wow, April. Savage. Yeah. But uh, I think she's mousy. This Margot is very mousy. But anyway, she uh, it introduces her new boyfriend, Eric, to Lars. And Lars just isn't having any of it. Um, they they shake hands, and Eric is like, "Oh, you know, I heard you're pretty famous around here." And Lars is just like, "I know." They shake hands, and he's like, "Oh, hell of a grip too." And Lars again is just like, "Yeah." And then the other two don't know how to react, and they just leave the scene. <laughs> and mm. uh, Lars just watches them disapprovingly. Yeah. Um, I put down becoming a man. So Lars has a conversation with Gus about when did you know you became a man? And Gus is like, you know, you become a man when you do right. Mm-hmm. And that their old man didn't mean to send them to the orphanage, but that's the way life kind of figured out. And we get a little bit more backstory into these two. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the most like uh, sentimental mo- moments of the movie, I think. Yeah. I, I, I didn't get this co-worker's name, but you said Kurt. And Kurt yeah. hangs Margot's bears because she's been swiping his action figures. Yeah, she's been hiding them for some playful reason. 
Ugh, and <laughs> Lars gives CPR to this bear, and it's a very cute scene. I feel bad for Lars. Yeah, yeah I agree. And that was, that scene was also improvised by Ryan Gosling. Oh. So good. Um, then I have free after drop-off Bianca? I don't know what that means, but then they go bowling? Yeah, he uh, mm-hmm. basically... Uh, Margot, I keep forgetting her name. Margot invites Lars to to go bowling, like later that night or or some night during the week, and and Lars says, "Oh yeah, I have to go to this like conference thing that Bianca <laughs> has," but um, but then he says, "You know, he guesses he's free after dropping Bianca off. Like you know, she'll be taken care of, and he'll be able to uh to go bowling with her." And that makes Margot very, very happy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they go bowling, and she talks about, gee, I love snow. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. Well, before that, before that happens, um, I, I do like the scene, because I wasn't sure like how it was going to play at first um, when uh, Gus's co-workers that we had seen in a couple scenes before, mm-hmm. they're looking to, to, to do some bowling. And there are no more alleys available. So then they see Lars and they're like, oh, hey, it's Lars. Like, you know, let's go over there. And, you know, I wasn't sure if they were going to, you know, make fun of him or something. But uh, they don't. They like very, you know, sincerely just join this game and they all start having a good time together. And I yeah. like to see there's like a good sense of camaraderie and, and joy here. And uh, yeah, you see the the flirtations between Lars and Margot continue, <laughs> and then we get uh, the handshake. Well, no, we get the handshake too. <laughs> oh yeah, that he when they, he, de- uh, they depart start without a glove, human contact. Oh yeah, and it's like you know they 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 hold each other for a little while there, hold each yeah. other's hands. And uh, they 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 grab on and and uh, for for a bit too long. <laughs> they're awkward the together. Spark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and at the uh, same time, I put down Bianca's treatments aren't working. <laughs> yeah, she's failing. <laughs> <laughs> she's going. She's <laughs> lost the will to live. Yeah, and um, Bianca keeps saying no to marriage. Uh, Lars to Bianca, I keep saying that they, they have a conversation together, and he's singing Nat King Cole slash Frank Sinatra slash the hit crew because this is the song that he sang to her when she was like disposed on that rock before. <laughs> Not disposed. No, Bianca, just sit here Depo- on this rock. Yeah. It's our song. Don't you know? <laughs> And uh, Bianca is dying, but at the same time, Patricia Clarkson is like, you know, you could take her home and see how well she she fends for herself. Oh, it's very sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I-, I can't read what I wrote. I put down, did hear Bianca dead? I don't know what I put down. Yeah, I'm not sure what that is either. But they do yeah, share... Um... The community... Um, I put down what, oh, so Bianca is like legitimately dying. Right. And, he finds her uh, unconscious oh, one night. 
or one morning. Oh and yeah. they, they actually rush her to the hospital and everything. They get an ambulance. And everyone yeah. everyone in the community is like, you know, fine with this. They're they're playing along with it. Well, I like when uh, Gus goes after um, uh, Emily Mortimer's character. goes like, oh, like, we'll call an ambulance. He goes, call an ambulance. Like, well, what do you want me to do about this? Yeah. It's like, why do I have to make all these decisions? So. I don't know why everyone expects me to have something. Have a plan. Oh, but... Bianca is this pillar of community. And then... And... Um... And they, they share uh, last couple scenes at the lake, right? Yeah. But before we see that, we see that everyone in the community has sent her flowers, Bianca. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's very Including sad. The children and then they, yeah, like, from the library. Yeah. All the old ladies come over to sit, and we get this whole conversation, which is like, you know, when people are dying, we come over to sit, and doesn't that make you feel better? And uh, Ryan Gosling's character... Wars is all like, yeah, it does make me feel a little bit better. Yeah, he's really, uh, he's really changed. Yeah, and then we visit the lake, Matt, as you were saying. Yep, and um, it's all four of them it's uh, Gus, Karen, Lars, and Bianca. Uh, Gus and Karen eventually like go away to to their own side of the lake they're like um well you know i want to stretch my legs so (laughs) they go away (laughs) well no but uh lars and bianca um they start to it's a silent scene between them but i think lars starts to feel like the the weight of her loss and what it would mean and so they finally share uh, a kiss together that's uh the first kiss the first and only kiss we get between them in the movie mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. i do actually have a note about that let me see he says um leading up to that scene there was a lot of conversation between ryan and the director because there was a monologue that he had saying goodbye to her but it just felt like we were saying too much in a way so we kept talking about it and the day before i was doing a sep or the director was doing a separate scene and uh, Ryan comes up to me between takes, and he was like, I have to kiss her. I've never kissed her in the movie. So the next day, that's what they did. Just two takes. He committed to it. And, um, yeah. After that, uh, we see Gus and Karen again. They're just kind of talking about you know random whatever things about household renovations. And uh, they see Lars kind of picking up Bianca and putting her in the lake. I'm not really sure what the, what the <laughs> did he the kill her reasoning behind this is. Well, they're giving her a Viking she, funeral. Yeah. Maybe she, um, she no longer had the will to live. She was like, <laughs> so he no, just kill her. me because living is too much pain. Oh. Yeah. But, mm. uh, I mean the very next scene after that is a funeral. So, yeah, and the whole town attends. It's very man. sweet of them. Yeah. yeah. I don't Everyone's think this many people are going to come to mind. Yeah, true. I felt that too. <laughs> and the priest with the nice voice is saying a few a few kind words. Yeah, and then young Miss Margot shows up and she's like, you know, I know how much she meant to you, but do you want to go on a walk with me? 
And Lars is like, <laughs> yeah, I guess I will. <laughs> uh, yeah, not exactly, but pretty much. <laughs> and that's it. That that's is the end it? of our that's movie. The whole, the whole movie. The whole shebang. Oh my goodness gracious. So yeah. do we have to talk about our final review of this? What do we think? What do we feel? I guess so. I think yeah, I guess it's about that time. Yeah. Should uh I guess I'll go first. Yeah, I guess uh, your so movie. Like, yeah, like we were saying in the lead up to the movie, this um you know, I hadn't seen it since it came out. But it was a it was a good rewatch, and I'm glad it still has some sort of um, resonance these days. Um, I think my main criticisms are that the film, you know, having come out in 2007 and the script being from a few years earlier, it it does fall into some like mid 2000s indie movie trappings. It feels a little a little quirky for its own good. Maybe maybe a little too sincere, a little too like heart on its sleeve. But um, I don't know, because it, it is a tough balancing act that this movie has to pull. And for the end product, I think, uh, you know, despite anything, despite Margot's line about snow, I think it did a, a commendable job. And, you know, Ryan Gosling gives a great performance here. And it's um, it's it's a solid story. It's, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. just looking at the premise, I never would have imagined that we would have gotten, like, this kind of movie out of it. Um, it's probably, I think it's probably the best thing that could have happened, like, this director and this uh, screenwriter and this cast coming together. It's, um, it really is kind of an uncompromised uh, story, I think. Hmm. It, um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I just like it. I like about, I, I like how it, it's not just the central characters that change and kind of mature over the course of the movie, but you have like the community as well. They play like a surprisingly big role in this movie, and they're not all, uh, they're not all like caricatures. They have like some sort of depth to them. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's it's solid. I uh, uh, I think that's it. <laughs> I guess I gotta give it What's pizza. your pizza rating? You need your oh. pizza rating. All right, all right. I'm gonna give it a five point seven out of eight what? slices. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> All right, I'll go next. Um, In my initial kind of review of this movie, I did compare it a lot to her. And on my rewatch, I actually like this better than her. Um, It's been a while. It's been a hot minute. I was younger when I saw this movie first. Um, I actually like this better than her. And I feel like the character is believable. I did not think that the uh, townsfolk were going to go along with Lars's kind of, um, you know, lifestyle choice. But seeing that they just kind of unwillingly did and press forward in that, I'm going to give this a solid seven out of eight pizza slices. I really like this movie. Nice. Damn, that's awesome. I'm glad. I enjoyed it thoroughly. (laughs) 
All right, I guess I'll go. Um, I like this movie. Uh, first time watching it. Uh, yeah, I will say characters are very believable. This might be, I think, close to my favorite Ryan Gosling movie. Um, nice. I think along those lines uh, would be Drive. Oh, uh, yeah. Like just like it, that as a as a runner up, I would say. But uh, yeah, you know, I. I, I totally bought into it. I wish it went a little bit more into why he was the way he was. I mean, we do kind of get that uh, 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 saying that he kind of takes after his father sort of uh, mm-hmm. be, be, because of the circumstances uh, that, you know, that him and his brother were dealt. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, I, I you know, I, I think he's the, the big takeaway here. I think it's got a solid cast of characters. Everyone's has something kind of unique and quirky about them, like you said. And uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, let's see. I think I'll give it, I'll give it a solid six out of eight pizza slices. Damn. I, I think I only rated that low because uh, nice. I don't know. There, there's a bit of a, there's, there's some pacing issues I think I have with it. It's it's a bit long so, yes. uh, for, for the movie. I think oh, it, it didn't feel long to me at all. It didn't feel as long, but it I, I think it overstayed its welcome at some points. I think maybe a solid hour and a half might be a, a good uh, uh, a good running time. I think you, there's some yeah. points in the movie I think you can trim the fat. I think. I agree with you. I was actually thinking. Um, I forgot to mention that. I think it takes a while to like really get going. Uh, the mm-hmm. beginning is pretty pretty slow, and I think they could have maybe paced that a bit a bit better and sped it up a bit. But yeah. um, yeah. No, oh, you you also said something before. Oh yeah, about kind of maybe explaining a bit more about uh, Ryan's character and how he got to be that way. I do agree, um, or maybe I agreed kind of like the first time I watched it and I thought we would get more of that. But after watching, I, I, I think I was satisfied. I mean, I was satisfied uh, thinking that this movie is kind of like about people accepting who they are, like in the present and not really trying to deal blame or like come up with excuses or, or anything like that from the past. So mm-hmm. I, I do. Mm. I, I like that. That's, uh, that's part of what it means to me at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, solid choice, Matt. Cool. I appreciate it. I was Matt, you always to... come through with the movies. <laughs> this was this was luck because I hadn't seen this in quite some time. But uh, yeah. I'm really glad you guys enjoyed it. I don't know how and Matt he, does it, but he always I, does. I, yeah, I didn't have a choice for like this kind of theme uh, for a while, and then this just came to me. I don't know. That, We're uh, not following any theme. What are you talking about? We're doing well, Netflixing and chilling. Well, my theme is isolation. <laughs> You know, self quarantining. Right, Ryan Gosling. He was he was uh, self quarantining in this movie before it was cool. He I wasn't allowing anyone to touch. <laughs> Can fall into that theme. Okay. Yeah, I'm not well, sure. Uh, yeah, speaking of that, well, I guess first well, we gotta we gotta sign off. Yeah. So where can our audience find you on the social media? Uh, you could find me over at MZRO Jr. over mm-hmm. on Instagram or uh, Manorous Hats over on Twitter. Uh, you can find me, Jonathan Gwakowski, at Losing My Mind JK, Drink and Read JK, 
um, etc., etc., on the social media platform. So you can follow my other anime podcast, Anime Was Not a Mistake, coming at you with a sneak surprise episode that's uh, <laughs> gonna get you. That's all I can Ooh. say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Well, you can find me uh, standing outside my local movie theater. Um, just, you know, waiting for them to open back up so I can get those good seats, baby, for um, what's playing? Um, the Green Knight! The Green Knight! You gotta get me tickets for The Green Knight! <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh, I don't think tickets are, exist anymore. <laughs> Not in this new reality. I need it! <laughs> I think they're bringing classic movies back. So you, you can catch me uh, standing outside the theater. I'll be first in line to see um, uh, The Lorax. <laughs> Oh, that's a good movie. <laughs> it's all right. I remember, yeah, all I think right. we watched it together. Yeah, so I, I guess you suppose you want a hint for the next movie, huh? Oh, please. Please, sir. <laughs> Will you beg for it? <laughs> I'll kiss your feet. I would, l- I, gladly, I would gladly pay you Tuesday for a hint today. All right, so this hint is not much of a hint for our uh, fellow moviegoers on the podcast, being Matt and Mark. Okay. But I'm going to ask the audience: um, Does bread make you fat? Mm. <laughs> does it? Oh. <laughs> and oh. that's my only hint for the next podcast episode. Ooh, baby! Wow, yeah, we're going to get our own real girls, and we're going to go. Make some whoopee, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, then. Well, till next time. Ooh. Thank you for joining us for another installment of Nightcaps at the Theater. Special thanks to the Free Music Archive for providing the track Four Way by William Ross Chernoff's Nomads, an edited version of which you're hearing now. We at Nightcaps sincerely hope you enjoyed this episode. If that's the case, or even if it's not, please remember to rate our show on iTunes and leave a review. It really means a lot. Good night, and binge responsibly.